Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1, Season 6, Episode 12, Unnatural Selection. No, man. The Part 2. That's not really a Part 2 because it has nothing to do with Part (laughs) 1. You know what? After watching this, I I very much think we were on the right track, that they were just like, okay, so we want to do this story. How do (laughs) we we get get... to there? Yeah, kind of. I think so. some weird... Yes. Weird story to get you there. I, which they totally come, they could have come up with something way better. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, should we get to part two? Find out what happens. Do it. Yeah. Okay. So again, this is Unnatural Selection. It originally aired on January 10th, 2003, which is four months after Prometheus. So there was uh, quite a hiatus if you're watching this live. As oh. it aired. So this, this was like the mid-season break. Yeah. Oh. Well... Okay, that I always like when they do that. When I mean, I like it, but don't like it when they leave it on a cliffhanger that makes you a what, why, no, and then you curse your TV. And but yeah, yes. but since these were so very different, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have a story by Brad Wright and Robert C. Cooper with a teleplay by Brad Wright. It was directed by Andy Makita, and on the commentary we had Andy Makita and Jim Menard. And in this episode, the team is called into battle unexpectedly when the Asgard homeworld is overrun by replicators, which have evolved into a startling new form. What could it be? (gasps) I don't know. Should we find out? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we open with some flashbacks to the events of Menace and Prometheus from last week. And then the episode proper basically picks up right where Prometheus left off with Thor on the bridge of the SGC's shiny new ship asking for help. And so the reason they need the ship is because of the whole inferior technology thing. So the replicators won't be attracted to it. Specifically what has happened is, so (laughs) I almost wrote, so what happened was... (laughs) (laughs) What it is. What it is. So the Asgard had a plan to rid themselves and like basically the universe of replicators entirely, but it didn't work. They had found a piece of code deep inside Reese, the android from Menace, that was basically call all of the replicators to her wherever she was. Big old homing beacon. Yes good way to put it so they activated it and like amplified it and sent it out and all the replicators came the asgard had set up a time dilation device that would have slowed time by a factor of 10 to the fourth power as sam explains that means that within the bubble one year to everybody to anybody inside the bubble would be 10,000 years to everybody outside the bubble So this would keep all the replicators trapped while the Asgard continued to work on a permanent solution to the replicator problem. However, something happened and the time dilation device didn't go off as it should have. They believe the replicators were able to disable it. And so the Asgard want SG-1 to enter the replicator infested space around Hala, get to the time dilation device, fix it, and then set it off. As we cut to the opening credits. No biggie. No, no be at all. No problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we come back and Jack's really not in on this plan. Neither are Sam or Jonas really. Like, it's just, it's a big ask. It's too big. This is like, they're like, this is our first spaceship and you want us to do what? Yeah. So, um. And, but unfortunately, SG-1 are the Asgard and the galaxy's last hope. Like, help us, Jack O'Neill. You're our only hope. Uh, 
So I'm pretty sure that what they should have done is go, okay, if we're saving you and your race and the galaxy again, you are giving us a new ship. I you th- there should have been some more negotiation. I know like they're kind of friends and they want to help out, but this again, like they said, this is a really big ask. You should you should be able to get something in return here. Right. You're rather giving- than just thanks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They should yeah. have definitely had grounds to be like, okay, you're giving us a new ship or something. Something or some some kind of technology to put in a ship that they build. Who knows? You know. Yeah. Something. Beaming technology. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So, but as Thor says, like, once the replicators are done with the Asgard galaxy, they will head to the Milky Way and consume everything there. And Jack's like, okay, all right, just let me let me think for a minute. And while Jack is saying and doing that, Thor just tells them back to Earth in like two seconds. Yeah. Cool. Asgard ships can can move really fast. So he starts then beaming up weapons and food and clothing from the SGC. And Sam's like, wait, there's other people on board. He's like, oh, no, don't worry. They're all back at the SGC. And I couldn't help but thinking, including the dead body of Al, because that would be quite upsetting and disturbing to just have like a dead body appear somewhere in the SGC. Yeah, it would. Mm -hmm. Which we'll get back to that in another second. So basically, apparently everything's been beamed on board that they need, and he starts then towing them to Asgard space. And Jack is like, "Hey, I can't. This isn't like my call to. I can't just say yes. This isn't my ship." And Thor's like, "Well, it's going to take several hours to get there. So while we're traveling, you can talk to whoever you need to talk to." Like, okay, okay. Uh, In the SGC, we have alarms blaring and Sergeant Siler and Sergeant Davis are telling Hammond about everything that's happened with like the armory going missing, food going away, and the people that had taken the Prometheus hostage are in a holding room. The others who are innocent in this whole thing are in the cafeteria. And I'm I'm still just like, where is Al's dead body? Where's the dead guy? Where's the dead (laughs) guy? Yeah. Because he died. Apparently everybody forgot about it. And the other thing is like, yes, the Stargate has been inactive the whole time. So yeah. what the hell is going on? Nobody really had a reaction to him dying anyway. Yeah, there's that too. So, <laughs> Oh, man. Wait, though. Hmm? Maybe he was still on the ship because he wasn't registered as a living person <gasps> on the ship. <laughs> so they, were, they still had Al's dead body with them? Maybe, right? I guess because there was after he died, everybody got shoved into that storage room. Where was his body then? Yeah. Did they jettison sure. his body? Did they jettison his body into space and just not tell us about it? I don't know. Because I guess why would they keep it? De- I mean, I don't know. There's just the mystery of Al's dead body will haunt us until the end of time, like whatever the squeaky noise is of the Gould symbiote. <laughs> what happened to Al's body? And then Jack's hologram appears in the control room and he gives them a quick rundown of what's happened and tells Hammond to go push one on the old red phone speed dial. And Hammond's like, you want me to call my grandchildren? <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that was cute. I like and Jack's like, OK, two, just call whatever one calls the president. Go call the president. Cut back to on board the Prometheus. And Jack's like, they didn't go for it. And Sam's like, the plan? He's like, no, not the plan. They all, well, I mean, they went for plan because they kind of had to because it's either the SGC helps or the universe gets eaten by replicators. But the thing they didn't go for is calling the ship the Enterprise. I love it. Star Things reference. Star Things. 
combining yes. all the star things. But no, mm -hmm. I just love the delivery on that line of like, sir, we can't call it the Enterprise. Yes. <laughs> Which there, there is a possibility. There is a naval ship that's called the Enterprise, which might be what Sam is referring to, possibly. Mm. Not Star Trek. Possibly. No. Maybe. Well, no. No, it is a very big Star Trek <laughs> I'm going with no. Okay. <laughs> it's a Star Things reference. Yes. Okay. All right. So, and yeah, Sam agrees with them, and she's like, what's wrong with Prometheus? And Jack's like, it's a Greek tragedy. Maybe not a great name for a ship. So... And why did they call it the project? Like, why did they call the whole project that in the first place? Cause I don't, uh, I don't know. Who's the, who's the guy who would push it, push the rocks uphill forever and ever? Uh, was that Tantalus? No, that was the guy with the water. Who's the guy know. that had to push the rock uphill? I don't know. Maybe it should have been named after that guy because it's, you know, a big project to take. I don't know. But anyway, they're just going to go with the X-303 then. That's the ship's name because can't call it the Enterprise. Okay. That's what celebrities are naming their children these days anyway. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much a name anyway <laughs> uh yeah at this point uh so jack then asks sam what she's working on and it's a replica of the timing device that was supposed to set off this whole time dilation bubble but it's made out of earth materials so that the replicators won't want to eat it jack's hungry okay food's in cargo bay three <laughs> i have a thought experiment about okay. the replicators okay hit me so by now, the replicators have been on enough worlds in enough places to have almost different races, if you will, of replicators made of completely different materials, right? Okay. So do you think there's ever a time when the replicators would try to dominate each other, like the ones that oh. have technically more advanced materials? That's interesting. Do you think there would have been an eventual replicator war? I, I mean, that does make sense. Now that you say that, that does make sense. That, yeah, because replicators want to consume the most advanced thing. And what the most advanced thing is another replicator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. Right? The replicator wars. Replicator war. But, Yeah. I like that thought. That's a fun thought, kind of. Mm -hmm. Just let them take each other out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fan fiction. I'm sure somebody has written it, yes. All right. I'm sure we'll that exists somewhere. Thought experiment. <laughs> let us know your thoughts. Yes. How would that go? And who would eat who, like, rock, paper, scissors style? Does, like, <laughs> does silver eat gold to become gold? And then where's trinium fit in it? And then there's, you know, neutronium and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. That could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Want to throw okay. that one out there. Yeah. That's fun. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay. So inside Cargo Bay 3, Jonas and Tilk are going to town on some ice cream because Thor forgot about the whole refrigeration thing that human <laughs> food needs. And Jack's like, like cool. I'm, give me, I, I'm cool with ice cream. Yeah. Also, this is Jonas's first time with the replicators. It has come up. Have we been keeping track of that? Yes, I have. I have a document on our shared Google Drive for us to refer to at the end of the season, yeah. if we so wish. It's only a few things, but at it's, least yeah, it's, it's just a few things. But yeah, at least it's still coming around. I like it. It is. Yes. The interesting thing is that Jonas finds them fascinating, which confuses Jack because they're evil. 
And Jones is like, I mean, yeah, sure, but their origins. And he goes, we have a human scientist who creates this android girl who then goes on to create these replicators as a toy. Well, at least the concept of something that starts out so innocent becomes so evil. That's got to be fascinating to you. I'm like, he's not wrong. It is wrong. He's not not wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, that is fascinating how the replicators came to be like they were a toy and then they just like went rawr and haha we're gonna eat everything mm-hmm. also just like tilk is the best in the scene with the ice cream when like jack tries to eat it and he's like no My yes I <laughs> and he just like blind reaches for another carton <laughs> yes i love him in the scene it's so good mm-hmm. um and then Tilt goes on to compare them to a virus, and Jack's like a really evil virus, and Jonas goes on to add that we can all agree that any living thing that isn't inherently evil in and of itself is capable of undertaking actions that are evil. I wonder if he's talking about people. <gasps> what? Maybe? Mm, is this whole thing a giant metaphor for humanity? Yes. I think so. No? Yes. Maybe? Maybe? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe leaning yes. this one could definitely be called desperate measures yes i think yes i think so uh the ship then starts slowing down and sam calls jack to get him back up to the bridge and basically the asgard have brought the prometheus as far as they're willing to go but there's there's new problem now somehow the replicators have reversed the time dilation device and so now time is moving faster for them down on the planet and Jack's like, oh, well, that changes things. Like, does it? And Sam's like, well, I, I mean, not really. Because the problem is still the problem. There's still replicators down on the planet, and they still need to go and fix the time dilation device to slow it down. So does that kind of happen with planets anyway, with gravitation? Isn't that what we learn from Interstellar? <laughs> yes. But this, I think, like, amplifies that even more. Yes. Yeah. So time is going yeah. faster down on the planet than it is up on like Earth or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Asgard have put the coordinates into the Prometheus computer. They've also upgraded the ship with like armor and weapons and stuff. And then Thor beams away and off they go. <laughs> Quick cut down to the, inf- uh, I almost said the infirmary in the armory where Jack is teaching Jonas how to use the P90 and just having him run like loading and unloading the bullet cartridge over and over and over again. And then the Prometheus crosses the time dilation border and they're approached by a replicator ship. It scans them. Everybody's kind of like, I hope Thor was right. Fingers crossed. And luckily Thor was the ship moves on. They're free to go. So it's just the one ship. Yes. Well, at least that we see. There could be others on right. the other side of the planet. Who knows? Not true. So Jack and Jonas then enter the bridge as they continue making their way down towards the surface where the time dilation device is. And it's also quite stormy outside with lightning and stuff. And there's really only one structure seemingly on the entire planet. It seemed to be that like they, there was reference to like the entire planet surface is completely smooth except for this one place. Yeah. Which is weird. And they start heading closer. There's still no sign of replicators and they touch down. So Jack tells Sam to get a message to Thor that they've made it. And then off they go. And the structure looks like, I don't know, these kind of 
shards making like an X kind of poking up out of the ground. It's very like kind of futuristic and metallic. And I was trying to figure out if it was supposed to be the top of like the last two buildings left or something. Oh. It looked kind of it looked kind of Empire State Building ish. Maybe. You know, Possibly. that's kind of what I thought it was. Possibly. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's what I thought it looked like. Uh, so they start walking that way. There's nothing else around. There's no, like, replicators even everywhere. And it seems like the replicators probably ate everything. But if that's true, where are they? Sam pauses, like, kneels down, brushes aside some dirt to reveal, like, a solid layer of replicator blocks. And he's like, this could be miles deep. Who knows? It's been hundreds of years now, thanks to the time dilation device. So they could have done this as some sort of energy preservation thing but again this is all just theory and speculation and who really knows what's going on at this point no no ideas what's going on is it weird that they hadn't tried to leave yet at that point i did see that mentioned i was reading through some like comments online about this episode a few people did mention like if it's been like a hundred years why are they still there yeah why didn't they try to shut off or modify the device and leave on their own yeah don't know i thought that was weird a little bit yeah as Mm -hmm. opposed to just covering the planet and hibernating yeah well it could be that once they made first they wanted to make more and they just hadn't had enough time to make enough firsts you know yet maybe so maybe maybe So they make it inside the building, and if the stairs they walk down look familiar, it's because this set was reused from Cure just a couple weeks ago, when there's that, like, temple they're exploring. So, Mm -hmm. okay, do you find it weird that they're walking down, like, stone stairs with a stone wall, and it's not, like, replicator stairs and replicator wall stuff? Not necessarily. Well replicators would only kind of consume technology metal things right so stone things still remaining kind of makes sense that's true okay okay yeah that does make sense all right yeah so they see that the original time dilation device is still intact there are then footsteps and a young man appears who asks who they are jack introduces himself and returns the question he doesn't answer and just says that the others are coming then two men and two women appear, and Jack's like, hey, we're just here to fix the clocks, then we'll be on our way. Mm-hmm. And the, the others can't let him do that. And if Jack doesn't make Sam stop, they will make her. And she's like, I, this is going to take a while to fix and get back up and running. And Jack then warns these people about the replicators and how dangerous it is and why are they here. And they're like, yeah, we know. We are the replicators. And it's like, what? Oh my god! No. So the replicators not look like people. Awesome. Did it? Was it weird to you that they didn't all look like the same person? Like how did how did they develop characteristics of different looking people? I did see somebody mention that the guy who plays first kind of looks like Jack. And they do say in a little bit that they they built themselves in the image of Reese. So maybe buried deep in, they, these are vaguely familiar faces of people Reese encountered. Maybe. Because even also, when they said that line, I thought it was weird they didn't all just look like Reese. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I thought that was very weird how they're all very different looking people. 
Like, yeah. what, how is that? I mean, sure, yeah. cast people, but like, I don't know. I just thought it was a weird concept of why, why, if you're the ultimate robot race, would you make different looking people if you're going for efficiency? Yes. Even yeah. if you're making yourself as an homage to your creator, why they would yeah. have made those choices. I, don't, mm-hmm. I found it strange. Yeah. Oh, I did see the other thing speculated that perhaps first uh, was Reese's father, like what he looked like. Maybe. Yeah, that's possibly. But so, still, it doesn't I mean, explain these, anybody else. No, but I mean, maybe they're all people from Reese's planet. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. I would accept that. Okay. I think I like that too, if we're going to go where, but I, th- okay, but we're getting, we're getting ourselves. It's tangent day. It is apparently. Yes. So, uh, okay. So these people quote unquote are replicators. So everybody just opens fire. Uh, they're completely unaffected. The bullets seem to apparently just go like straight through them. We, cause we see chunks being taken out of the wall, like behind them. And they're just kind of standing there like, why you're annoying me? Stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we do get the little replicator bugs coming back. So those guys aren't all gone. There are still little replicator bugs around. And the guy, the main guy first is like, tell her to move away. And Jack's like, Sam. So she moves away. They then ask for SG-1's weapons. And Jack's like, I think we're going to keep those for right now. And the little bugs then go away so the guns can go down. And so the main guy first uh, tries to make nice and like welcome SG-1 and hold out his hand and Jack is skeptical, but first assures him he's not under any threat of harm. So Jack steps up and shakes his hand. He's immediately brought to his knees as first just like crushes his hand. And we do see the other replicators go for the other members of SG-1. And then first's other hand just plunges into Jack's forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Not not what we were expecting. Not at all. No. No. Mm -mm. No. So First and Jack are now in the gate room in Jack's mind. And First is able to determine SG-1's iris code, which Jack says, "Mm, that's close. So I don't know if that's Jack lying or if First was a little off on what the iris code was. That's Hmm. interesting. Mm. Maybe. And then Jack's like, all right, I'm thinking of an animal. And first is like, actually, you're funny. I think I find you funny, but you are. And also, your mind is fascinating. And he then decides to pull up the memory of Charlie shooting himself and tells tells Jack that it was right for him to blame himself. And Jack is like, don't, nope, do not do that again. So yeah, they're, they're not off on good feet here with each other. And first is like, well, if you don't do what I want, then you're going to relive that memory over and over again. So let's go. We see the like the event horizon just sort of materialize within the gate. And first is going to take them that everywhere Jack has ever gone. Oh, my. Tilk then wakes up on the bridge of the X-303. He sees everybody else like passed out, turns on the lights, wakes up Jack, who like startles awake. Then, like, Sam and Jonas wake up and everybody's just like, blah, oh, my God, that was the creepy, don't, ah, ee. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody was having fun. And apparently the whole head in the hand thing, he, hand in the head, not the head hand, hand. hand in the head thing happened to everybody. And they were out for 37 hours. That's a day and a half. 
that's a very long time to be unconscious. Yeah. I'm, well, okay. Sam says they were out for 37 hours ship time. So is the ship not running on whatever time is happening on the planet, but the ship is on the planet. So I guess maybe I'm confused about, is it actually 37 hours or is it like time accelerated 37 hours? Oh, I think if we try to figure out time (laughs) relations and time dilations between the outside and the inside of the time bubble, we will just hurt our own brains. So I'm not entirely sure we should try to figure that one out. Okay. If anybody has any opinions, maybe let us know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Everybody's confused, though, about why they're back on the ship. Who knows? Who cares? They're just, they're not there anymore. And Tilk thinks they should take advantage of the situation, to which Sam says, you mean blow the hyperdrive? And I'm like, how? Why? Wait, I don't. Why did that leap? Where did that leap in lot? Where? I don't don't know. I that makes no sense to not one cover, not even thing. a little bit. No. no, no. So Jack tells Sam to go start working on that. Tells Tilk to tell Thor that this whole thing is just like foobar at this point. And Jack heads off with Jonas following after him. And Jonas, of course, doesn't think that making the hyperdrive explode is going to work. Because if explosions worked, then the Asgard would have won this war with the replicators. Obviously, he wants to go talk to them, try and reason with them. And he he like he really is like Daniel right now in this mm-hmm. like moment. And Jack doesn't want to. And they continue to argue as they walk through the halls. And it's this really nice wonder. I love when they do stuff like this, especially moving through sets where you know there's like two halls with like movable walls and stuff and mm-hmm. they like go into the elevator and come out and it looks completely different i don't know i love it yeah. when they do stuff like that yeah yeah so they finally then make it down to the engine room to find sam and the replicator that they first met who's actually named well i don't know if he's actually named but he is fifth and he brought them back to the ship so that they would be more comfortable and he is now there to tell them that First has invited them for dinner. Jack's like, no, we've got other plans. It's fine. And Fifth is just like, well, blowing up the ship will only give the replicators energy and just make us stronger and better. So maybe don't do that. No. 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 And all the food has already been taken down to the structure that's on the planet's surface. And, the, you know, you can come when you're hungry. And he's just, he's adorable and cute. And I kind of eventually kind of, you're just kind of like, oh. You're cute, but you're replicating. I don't like feeling that way about you. Yeah. So was the line where Jack was like, what time are we expecting for dinner? And he's like, when you're hungry. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) whenever you're hungry. Yeah. Just like, oh, he's so cute. He's like a puppy. Yeah. But an evil puppy because he's a replicator. But he doesn't know that. I uh, know. He doesn't know. No. Apparently that was Patrick Curry's first day on set was like that scene in conversation so um okay so he leaves and jonas is like that's that's weird right what just happened with him and they're like sam's like yeah he was almost human that's weird Hmm. Mm -hmm. so what are they gonna do and sam's like well the ships will fly we could leave but who knows how far we'd actually get and then she's like Really, if replicators look like this now, we should probably try and get as much information about them as we can before we leave. So, I guess they're going to dinner. I'm sure there has been lots of fan speculation over the years, but it occurs to me, like, I don't know, I find it a strange concept that the replicators 
have the ability to turn themselves into like mini robot humans when I mean I know they've had hundreds of years to figure it out but like Reese wasn't made of right of replicator blocks right no no she was just an android she was just like a robot with a human skin over her yeah so I mean it it strikes me weird to see like the original replicators and human form replicators and you don't seem to see an evolution along the way I mean I'm sure they did that just for recognizable Mm -hmm. concept on the show but I don't know I thought it was weird that like how do you get from A to B yeah they kind of jump from the ability to actually do that yeah yeah it is fascinating Mm -hmm. yeah so as you want to head back into the structure and we see much of the food laid out on the table with like the replicator sitting on one side and there's a new one there now sixth so they've got three boys mm-hmm. and three girls. Great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Jonas still has some questions and first seems to immediately know what questions Jonas has. So he like sort of launches into the origin of them. And so when the original replicators found Reese, when they were called back here, they realized that she was better than they were. And so these new human form replicators are actually made up of something like nanites rather than those big chunky blocks, like the little buggy, creepy ones. First was created just before the Asgard activated the time dilation device, and there was a little crack in the neutronium shell around it, and he was able to sort of get through and stop it. And he's the one then that reversed its function so they would have more time to replicate and grow their numbers. After a few years, there'll be an army! Yay! Yay! And uh, as she wants, like, we can't let that happen. And they're like, well, it's not like you have any choice in the matter. And first tries to argue that it's just natural selection. Hey, hey episode title, kind of uh-huh. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I actually want to argue it's not because they are not natural. And first then likens it to if humans could look into the minds of the animals we eat, it's the same thing, except that the replicators were created in humans' images, in a human's image, right? And they're like, no, we were created in Reese's image. And Jack points out then that there was like that flaw in her programming that was talked about back in Menace. And they know they tried to fix it when they made fifth, but it didn't work because he's too human, Sam suggests. And they're like, no, weak. He's weak. Mm-hmm. And Sam suggests perhaps that fifth is what they're supposed to be like. And the, the other replicators are like, no, no. So first then urges them to eat so that they'll have their strength for the mind probes that are coming as like, I guess the dessert of this meal, mm-hmm. more mind probes. Yay. And replicator bugs start crawling out from everywhere. And fifth stands up. is like, stop. You've already learned everything you want to know. Like, let them go. This is fine. We don't need them. And first insists that sixth and fifth both need to experience the mind probe thing for themselves. And Sam's like, I understand if you would choose me. So there's some, something's going on. Something has mm-hmm. happened. Something's going on. And she, she tells Jack, she's like, don't worry. I got this. It's fine. And in an interesting twist, instead of like plunging his hand into her forehead, he like holds her face and then touches their foreheads together. Aww. Which is, it's quite intimate, I must say. It's loving. Mm-hmm. We then cut to inside Fifth's mind, not Sam's. They're apparently in a small corner of his mind that none of the other replicators can get to. Because remember, all replicators are like linked together and can like communicate telepathically, I guess, in a way. Yep. 
And he says that he's a mistake, but Sam disagrees and says that the others are the ones that are a mistake. And she begs him to help. And he's like, I can't do that. They're going to destroy me. And Sam's like, not if you came with us. So Sam wants him to help reset the time dilation device. And the replicators wouldn't be destroyed. Like, that's not, that's not the point of this. We don't want to destroy them. It would just give everybody time to fix the flaw that exists in the other replicators. So Sam wakes back up in the structure and we see that like Jack is knocked out too. So apparently this whole mind whammy thing happened to everybody. And she wakes him up and has something important to tell him. And then Tilka's like, hey, Sam, look, because Fifth is over with the time dilation device. He's apparently got it all set back up and ready to go. And Jack's like, that's what you wanted to tell? Okay. So <laughs> I guess that's them. Mm-hmm. So all that's left is for Sam to enter the command code. So Jack tells her to go get that ready and for Jonas and Tilk to head back up to the ship and like get things ready to go, but not actually start it up yet. So the code is set. So now it's just like a timing issue of how this is going to work with like setting it off and what's all going to happen. So it's going to take about two minutes for them to get back to the ship from where they are. Two minutes to get the engines up and running. And Fist's like, I, I can't be gone for that long. They'll know. They'll know something's up and stop this again. So, okay. But he can move a lot faster than, like, Jack and Sam as normal humans do. So give Jack and Sam a head start, and then he can zoom up at, like, the last second. So, okay. Jack tells Sam to set the timer for five minutes, but then signals on the slide to actually set it for only three And Sam's like, that's cutting it very close. And he's like, I understand. So. Hmm. Something hinky. Mm -hmm. Sam then thanks Fifth for his help. And he's like, you're not going to leave without me, right? And she's like, nope. mm -mm. Nope. It's all all good. So she tells him to start heading up to the ship just after three minutes. Sets the timer. And like, luckily, the timer can be hidden. Like kind of closes the case so he can't actually see the time running. So Jack and Sam head out and we see Jonas and Tilk up on the ship, like flipping all the switches and getting it ready to go. And Fifth is just kind of standing around waiting like, do, do, do. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. It's all good. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as Jack and Sam are on board, he radios to get the engines fired up. And then Fifth goes to leave, but First is there. He tells Fifth that the others are leaving, and it's just so sad because Fifth is so, like, heartbroken that they didn't wait. And he's like, but he, she said she would wait. And First tells him there's still time to stop the device, but Fifth won't do that. On the X-303, we get the 20-second countdown until the device goes, and they need to get out of there now. So ship lifts off, and off they go. Back inside the structure, Fifth tries to argue that there's still two minutes left because Sam wouldn't leave without him. And First is like, no, she just made you a fool. So Fifth goes over, opens the timer on the device. There's only three seconds left. And he's just like, but she promised. And then the timer reaches zero and everything seems to freeze as time slows. And according to the commentary, they did this like in camera by shooting at 500 frames per second. Oh, then, wow. Yeah, so, like, super slow-mo. Yeah, and then, like, slowing it back down to, you know, the 24 frames per second, and that's, you get this, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up on the ship, they are outside the range of the time dilation bubble. Thor has sent his congratulations, and the Asgard will meet up with SG-1 once they're sure no replicators made it out of the little time bubble. 
Jonas feels awful about what they did. They used fifth humanity against him. And Sam also has an issue with this. And Jack kind of just doesn't give a fuck. But you, there, he's maybe a little, mm, but like not really. He's like, you know, we did what we had to do to save the universe from the plague of the replicators. We did the right thing. And everybody's just like, I hope you're right. And then we like go back, like freeze on like the freeze frame on the planet. And that's the end. So this episode was actually nominated for two Leo Awards, one for Best Director for Andy Makita and Best Visual Effects Dramatic Series. Ooh, what is it with all these nominations? I know, winning. They need to win. Why is is nothing winning? Did they ever win stuff? Yeah, they've won stuff. Not much, but I think... I think most of their wins have come in, um, like, acting and, like, special effects stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I know Amanda has won. Michael has won. Don't know if Rick or Chris ever did. I know those two did, for sure. Oh, man. So. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, I I have a couple sort of lingering questions Mm -hmm. at the end of this episode. Okay. So, with betraying Fifth how they did, have they actually just created a more powerful enemy? Because now, like, once he's free, he's just going to be after the he's just vengeance and, you know, get back at them. So, was it a bad idea to leave him behind, maybe? Well, so, here's the thing. Is that, like, the the defeat of the enemy, as it were, I mean, all they did was slow them down. We don't actually... Yeah what the Asgard have in store for them to do. Cause all they kept saying was like, now we have time to fix them, to fix the flaw, fix, you know, what Reese, what, you know, went wrong. So, I mean, ultimately we assume they're going to disable them and or destroy them in some way, but like, we don't, we don't know. There still is the possibility of like, okay, yeah. Their their instinct is to just like dominate and eat and replicate, haha, like yeah. a virus. What if we can actually tweak that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So it so would... to me, I don't know, it's not all they did was just freeze them. Yes. They didn't actually destroy them. Yes. Or anything. So would you count this then as a victory, or is it just kind of like the plan succeeded, but it hasn't really dealt with the issue of the replicators. I would consider it like winning the battle, but the war is not won. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, cause at mm-hmm. least now they have no immediate danger of annihilation of the Asgard. Right. Yes. You know, now okay. they can theoretically pause huh, and, yeah. and figure out what to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, My other question is, since time was moving faster on the planet, how much Earth time do you think, like, SG-1 has been gone? Like, when they get back, is Hammond going to be like, it's been three years! I just, I don't know. And I don't think that ever gets addressed. And that's going to annoy me next week now, when we go to prep for next week and be like, is there any mention of how long they were gone? Because I doubt it. Oh, probably not. No. (laughs) It's going to annoy me so much. No, they're just going to be like, oh, welcome back. It's been like three days. You could take a vacation. <sighs> but was it just three days? I don't know. There's that 37 hours in there. That's like, what 37 hours? 
Is it? No. What was it here? What was it there? What was it Earth time? What was it in a different galaxy? How do they know what hours are everywhere? Yeah. How do how do the replicators <laughs> know what minutes are? Yeah. How do they even know that they're moving slow? How? Well, I mean, I'm sure they could figure out time yeah. as it were, but. Yeah. <sighs> so I'm, yes, I'm sure absolutely none of these things are going to be addressed. Because <laughs> they never episode. are. They're just going to be like, well done, team. Yes. You have more gray hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hammond has gone more bald. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, so the episode title, Unnatural Selection, obviously the plan, like natural selection, evolution, and all that stuff. Uh, we do have two fun foreign territory titles. In French, this was called Evolution. Mm. So when we get to the season, season seven episode, Evolution, we'll have to see what the French called that episode. I love how you're keeping tally of these things. I am. It's in my yeah. thing now. Now that I've mm-hmm. discovered this, it's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ital- I really like the Italian one. They called it the still time. Ooh. I'm like, ooh, that's mm, that's kind of fancy. I like that. That is kind of fancy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That is all I have for this week. Final thoughts? Any lingering questions you have, Rachel? Yeah. No. I mean, I liked the episode, but... It, it evoked a lot of questions that I don't think we're ever going to get answers to. And so, therefore, it's just kind of in my brain, like, why? You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. This is definitely one of the one to season six of, like, I like this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this one's higher up on my list in season six. Yeah. I think the human form replicators are interesting. It, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if it makes them more or less creepy than the bug replication. I don't know if I've made it personal decision about that yet yeah i don't know like even when they explained their evolution and said like we you know we found reese and we found she was better than us well why because pretty much every time you ever meet like an alien to human person they're like your form is so inefficient why you know like why in the world would you do that and when they said you know because you know now we're nanites well how do you know how to do that how like from you're made out of these block things you didn't you didn't think of that before i don't so many questions that they you know obviously this is one of those occasions where they did not foresee people picking apart every aspect (laughs) of the script they were just like aha we saw you and we saw you were better so we made ourselves better and here we are (laughs) that's all that's all they thought they had to do at the time yep no no (laughs) we want more Give us all the backstory and information. We want more of the explanation. We want you to create an entire Tolkien universe for us. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore rewatch. And now on Discord, you can check the link in the show notes or send us an email at woo. That's W-O-O-S-G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Sight Unseen. Bye. Bye.